Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eyre's Magnetdale. Hey, 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 uh, young ladies, young ladies, uh, you know, uh, it looks like you're uh, recording a podcast here. Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, who are you? What's uh, going well, on? Well, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm just, you know, someone who's, you know, interested in, in the betterment of you, you know, for, you know, for, you know, I've got some experience. I've done a couple of podcasts in my time, you know, not... Not you know not anything regular recently, but you know I can certainly give you a few tips, a few pointers. I mean, we've 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 done them regularly for a long period of time, multiple of them. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, this is our three hundred and ninety-sixth episode, so you know Whoa. I think we'll probably probably be okay. No, no. Well, you know, you 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 know, you know, never too old to you know take a few hints, you know, and and, and things. What you really want to do, you know, you want to make sure that you. Getting properly set up. I see you know you're you're both working off of a, a single microphone there, and that's you know that's really not going to uh, really not going to do it for you. What you really want to do is you want to get like separate microphones, maybe record you know separately in booths. Well, yeah, but also we like being cosy on the sofa. So and there's a whole thing where we hug near the end. That's, yeah, that's like quite an important thing. Yeah, and also you know it's it's about the interaction between each other. You know we don't have. All the f- the fancy setup and stuff, and maybe if we did have like a separate recording studio, that would be a thing. But we, you know, we're just a a couple of queer trans creators who want to, you know, talk about things we played, watched, and listened to, do a few skits. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you know, yeah, but I I really think what you need to do is. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. The way it's always been. <laughs> it's a podcast. We got two queer trans women. It's us, we're wifey types. We talk about media we've consumed this week. That that person's gone. We're just doing the thing now. How are you? How are you? Um, all right. I'm a sleepy little bean. How are you? I'm a sleepy little bean too. That is just my natural state of being, apparently. A little nice state of being. Yeah, I'm a sleepy, like... sleepy little bean. Well then. Do you, would you like to maybe tell us about some things you've played? Should we start by talking about the thing we've both been playing a reasonably large amount of this week? <laughs> Which Should of we... the two things? <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I mean, there's one that comes to mind, which was Pacific Drive, which is well, in yeah. my head the thing we've the thing we've both picked up this week and gone, ooh, I want to play a lot of this. Ooh, I want to play a lot of this, but I don't want to replay a lot of this. Yeah, <laughs> which so, we'll come to it. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so Pacific Drive. Is a sort of uh, ro- uh, uh, randomized run-based survival crafting game, but when I describe it that way, it sounds like a game I wouldn't enjoy, but I do enjoy it. It's a survival crafting game where you are driving through like a paranormal nuclear exclusion zone, where the, the world is sort of falling apart and reality is a little bit tenuous, and it's just you and your maybe maybe psychically bonded to your car, trying to go on a little road trip together through a space where, like, occasionally, uh, like, alien things will attack you and you'll start zooming around the road and ha- glitches will happen. But, but whether just... or not they're alien, we don't actually know. Yeah, there's, like, there's a, there's a weird glowing orb. If you touch it, you might get, like, Mario Kart boosted. Oh, there's some purple wind that's going to make your steering go all wonky. You might get... In a, uh, you might drive over what looks like a weird light rift from the ground and be shot up into the air. Yeah. Uh, you might pick up a random thing of a reality anchor, which is a concerning name for anything you might happen to just find around in the wild. Especially yeah. when it's very easy to just hold the right bumper and 
rip it off and take it back to your car. Reality sure doesn't like when you remove the reality anchor. Reality gets a little less anchored, I would say. And the anomalies get even more aggy. Yeah, they do. Um, So yeah, you were just driving around in your possibly possessed station wagon, who... You, it's it's fascinating the way the story does this whole thing of oh yeah it's it's a remnant uh, remnant and you know they're they're very unusual and usually people who uh, go near them they lose uh, like all all control of their faculties they get really obsessed yeah. and then they just sort of vanish yes. so if you find yourself getting really attached to this vehicle. It's like, oh, the thing that's keeping me alive. Yes, the thing that I'm customizing and sort of growing with, and it's the one thing keeping me away, like the radiation away from me. That my little custom vehicle that's got all like go faster stripes on it. Yeah, one does. Yeah, and 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 it honks at you when it's in danger. It does. It's the little meter turns red, and it's like, oh, quick, I gotta run back to it. Find out if my car's okay. Save car. Yeah, they they've done a very good job of setting up like a conceit of sometimes there are inanimate objects and people are connected with them and that that there there is narrative significance to that but you might become a little obsessed with with its safety and building that into the natural connection you end up feeling to this constantly falling apart piece of shit car but you love it regardless especially the, like when you're talking to somebody else who's playing it and they're like i'm getting really attached to this car it's like oh oh the thing's happening to you are you yeah you're about t- to vanish yeah you did that the first time i told you why i was like i really like my car though it's a really good car though <laughs> you managed to get flame decals on the side i got flame decals on mine i've got flowers i've got a number i've got a little turbine on the side i've got a little turbine and i've got a uh, little uh, lightning rod i've just I- got both of the roof racks and the ability to put things on the roof. I I have a little CD stuck on my aerial that just sort of flaps about in the wind. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got bobbleheads uh, and all I sorts. Do. You've got I... a custom steering wheel. I haven't found any of that stuff. So I'm beginning to wonder if my save isn't a little bit buggered. I, to be honest. I I don't know. I've been finding things in those like um sort of domed storage bins mm-hmm. and the yeah, back yeah, of big lorries, but yeah, it Fundamentally, it's not that different from a lot of these kind of games. The, the The differences are, you're going out on specific runs, going further and further into the expanse, and you sort of need to have prepared certain things to realistically make those journeys further out. Yes, and you're not always told what those things are going to be. Yeah, you'll sometimes just, you'll encounter problems and that you'll have to deal with that later. Um, I really do think the biggest difference is the car, and the fact that, like, Rather than doing that resource loop for a nebulous self you don't really know, mm. having it be a resource loop for your essentially your constant companion that is getting you everywhere, it's helping you carry more resources, it is the thing that is enabling your escape. Yes. Like, because uh, the whole thing yeah. from the start is you have found yourself in this place, how are you going to leave? And going, I have found a vehicle, and I am t- going to try and use the vehicle to get me out of here, and... It's it's your exit. It's your it's the thing you need for so many reasons. So there yeah. is every understanding. And from what I understand, I never played Choo Choo Charles, but from what I understand, it manages to do that thing of you're going to go around to a bunch of places. You're going to collect resources. You're going to slightly be able to customize your vehicle. Uh, maybe there will be uh, enemies or dangers out in the world, and you'll have to work through that on your own. It seems like this has managed to do that with more plot, more interest, more to do overall. Because from what I heard from a lot of people, they were like, yeah, that that game over too quickly, not super interesting. Mm. Although I also heard from people who were 
having problems at the, in like the end of the game the day after it released. So I'm guessing some people put a lot of time into that. Yeah. Um yeah, Pacific Drive is interesting. Um I appreciate that there is a lot of gameplay tweaking and accessibility settings options available. Mm-hmm. Uh because inherently like if you don't tweak any of the settings, the game is designed to be a little intimidating at first, a little unapproachable, a little inaccessible. You're supposed in, to feel on the back foot, and it does that very well. Yes, in in as much as you have to micromanage a lot of aspects of this car. You've got to be keeping an eye on battery meters and fuel meters, and manually putting the car into the park, like engaging the parking, mm-hmm. uh, uh, parking brake, and doing the ignition, and manually handling your lights and your windscreens and this and that. Yeah, while collecting initially a slightly overwhelming number of different kinds of resources to handle a slightly overwhelming number of ways you could be upgrading things, to be going and doing your, your various randomised runs, and there's every possibility that your car, like parts of your car, will get destroyed, and you'll barely make it back, and you'll lose some of the stuff that you, you collected on your journey, and you'll have to get back to fixing your vehicle before you can get back out. And that can all feel like a lot. But there is a lot of things available to you that I really appreciate. You know, some of them on the like more accessibility focused side, you've got options for making playing a first person game a little less motion sickness inducing. Hmm. Um, you've got some things are just conveniences, like when you return from a journey, you've always got the option to go to the little first aid box in your base in your base, uh, fill up the the fuel tank at your base, recharge the electricity. There's an option to just automate that when you get back yeah. from a successful run, and it's like, get back, it'll just automatically refill those meters that you could spend two minutes refilling anyway. Yeah, there's a thing for getting back from a run, if it's a successful run, just automatically repairing everything. Yeah, anything that isn't completely destroyed or removed yeah. uh, goes back up to full health. Some of them are more like, hey, do you just want to turn off player damage or car damage for a minute? Mm. Uh, that will turn off achievements, and... I don't like that the game's unclear about whether achievements will restart if you turn the setting back off. Um, it's hard to say. Like, it feels on the Steam version, at least, that it could be very nebulous. But the on the PlayStation 1, it says it will stop it on this save. And that feels more permanent. It sounds it, but it's not... Uh, I did some testing. You can turn it off. You you can get that warning and go, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll use the setting. And then turn turn it back. And then when you try and do the setting again, it gives you that warning again. But presumably, I, you know, that save already couldn't get achievements. Why would you give the warning again? Mm. It's it's weird. It's it's not particularly clear. And I'm not a big fan of accessibility settings trying to warn you away from their use. It's always just a thing I, I dislike. Yeah. Um. But I appreciate the options there. Um. Yeah. It's a fascinating little game, huh? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's weirdly compelling. Um but I I think some of the slightly um nervous way I might have been playing it initially, I think has meant that I've ended up in a position where I'm less happy to do a run that's just going to cause me to mm. or, or to lead to death. Um I have started save save saves coming a little bit. I... Just having two saves so that at least I can go back to the start of the run. I agree. And I think at a certain point, you do enough of the resource loop, you're like, I know how to do this. I don't... 
I, I, I understand having the threat of, of lost progress, hmm. but I don't want to lose certain amounts of progress. Like, I want to be able to keep doing the, the new stuff that is engaging. Yeah. And also, when a run is half an hour, 45 minutes, and that is all the time you have to sit down and hmm. do a bit of playing, it can feel a bit shit to go, well, I did all that, and then I got stuck on a rock or, or something, or I ran out of battery power and couldn't beam my car back to somewhere safe. During the escape run, because the, yeah. the 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 concept is that at some point, if you either hang around too long, or if you've pulled out too many of the reality anchors and then hang hung around a bit too long, this uh, like Fortnite player unknown battleground style mm. um, storm will come in. There's a first wave of it, which is pretty damaging to you and the vehicle, and then when the second layer of it, which depending on how difficult the level you're on is. Could move really freaking fast. Yeah. Uh, and it will literally melt your car in about 30 seconds, mm. and then you in about the same. So yeah. it, it can feel a bit poop if, for, you know, for reasons that aren't entirely your fault. There's been a couple of times where I've gone, fuck it, I'm just going to turn on protection for my vehicle, because I, I don't want to lose the last 45 minutes of playing this yeah. game. Because, yeah. uh, I don't know, the exit... Z- uh, uh, sort of warp portal spawned on the exact opposite side of the map uh, in a way I could not have known it was going to at a time I could not have known it was going to. Yeah, and the and warp, a, yeah, like the ones where we're, we're, we're specifically talking about are not ones where you have collected a bunch of things and then you are selecting an exit to to, to create a warp point and yeah. leave. These are more specifically like you did a narrative thing, pulled a bunch of levers or whatever. Yeah. Now get to the exit yes. point you- because those aren't necessarily on a specific exit point, and you don't necessarily have a way of planning a route yes. to that. Yeah. There's one I was thinking of where I did an objective and didn't realize not only was it going to start the Fortnite storm, mm. uh, but that it was going to require me to still go and get my reality anchors before I could even activate the exit. Yes. And I was like, oh, I thought I was doing an unconnected objective and now the storm is coming in real fast and yeah. I still need to go get orbs to even find out where the exit is. I was like, that felt a little bullshit. I'm going to turn my, my protections on mm. so I can just not lose everything I've just been doing. Yes. You know, and there's occasions like that. And it's it's certainly not the bulk of my experience. Yeah. But it's an I appreciate at least that the tools are there if I have a run like yeah. that. And, and also that you can toggle them on and off at any time. I don't mm. very much appreciate that. So, you know, you can go, I want to be playing with a little bit of difficulty or, or, or like a regular amount of difficulty. And then go, this is... This is particularly galling. I'm just going to save myself from this, that, or the other aspect. Yeah. Like, I think the, th- the first one that got me was the first time I went, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll just accept that I, I died here. I mean, mm. that this was, this run was a failure. And I had left it on the default setting, which was you will lose some items. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, some items, that's not too bad. You know, I expected might like maybe I'll lose 10, 15%. 25% of, yeah. my, of my total collection of things. I managed to keep all of my, uh, like, useful utility items that I had in my in my pockets. So, like, uh, the thing I use for, like, scrapping cars, yeah. the pry bar I had, I, uh, like, a couple of flares I had, those stayed. But everything in my boot was gone. Yeah. Everything else in my in in my in my pockets were gone. So it was yeah. like, well, actually, I don't really feel like I got anything at all from that. Yeah. So I immediately turned it to keep everything. 
Yeah. And I have progressively changed things here and there. And I think once I've got to a point where I've got more of the like car customization stuff, like um, specific levels of armor for the car, mm. um, specific um, types of wheel. Yeah. Because the number of times the, pr- the problem has been I've had to go off-road for the last little bit of the, um, the, the storm to get to the portal yeah. and then not made it because... Like, I've struggled a bit over certain ground. And especially yeah. when you get to the second area and there's lots of driving through rivers mm. and, and getting to other areas. And, like, if you spend too long sitting in a river for whatever reason, you will short the battery out. Mm. But it, it is a fascinating world. It's yeah. a fascinating idea. And I don't feel like it feels pretty unique. Like, maybe other things have done this sort of thing, but the idea of. I don't know what an abductor is. Yeah. It appears to be just a pile of scrap with a weird blue glow that if I get too close to it and it, the light on under it turns red, it will use like a like an industrial magnet to just steal me and or the car. Hmm. And in one case, just dump the car in a, in a river. Yeah, I, I enjoy this sort of something went wrong in some kind of facility. We don't know what. And this whole area is now, if you enter, you can't leave and weird shit's going on in there. Yes. And there are people who've been living in there for decades since whatever event it was occurred. And they are sort of your insight into the place you are now trapped. The world building is wonderful. And also you never meet any of these people. Which I'm sure is a, hey, we're an indie team, we're trying to keep it low budget and not, you know... We we know that a a bad character model is just going to take people out of this, mm. so everyone just communicates with you through radio. In some cases, that's because they are in you know a very specific point, much further into the game. And who knows, maybe you will meet them yet. Yeah. But like for now, that that has been how it felt. But also, there's sort of a faction thing going on. You seem to be quite important to different people. Mm. Some from a like, whoa, this has never happened before kind of thing. Uh, with like the remnant, they seem that like two of the people that first started speaking to you were like, "Why? How? A car? You say? Like we were used to things like a record player or whatever." And then a lot of other things are communicated to you through like text files or even like audio logs. Like I've started randomly finding uh, what seems like like a uh, like podcast. Oh yes, I've been stumbling on this, and I. I am wondering if this is just someone broadcasting from a shack somewhere that I keep like getting in range of their broadcast. Maybe it, it gave me vibes of like I found two fragments of the same audio log, yeah. which seemed to be like a almost like it was. It had vibes of what I understand true crime podcasts mm. are like. It's like um, the thing here. Here was the president talking about a, a thing at a particular time. Uh, but then nobody ever heard about this other thing. I'm being very vague. Um, related to that, like a lot, there's a fascinating stuff with recycling that we talked about. The fact that like recharging the car's battery through things like turbines, solar mm. panels. There's one that reacts to just the weird water in 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 the zone. Yeah. Um, we had that fascinating level where we were trying to get from, um, because the, the, it, it talks about quite early on in the plot about how. Yeah, they they drew a little line about this around this area where weird shit was happening, and then they had to make the barrier a bit bigger, and then they had to make it really big, and then they just left it because it was too fucking dangerous. Mm. And that works perfectly narratively for 
when you get to a point, it's like, hey, you've started in this, like, outer ring, but you need to, for the sake of your process, get to the inner ring. And, like, one of those quite early missions is, okay, get through the, the first wall. Yeah. And that was very different to, hey, here is, like, a, a general map of the area. Here are where the buildings are. You can go through the buildings and try and, like, uh, loot stuff. And it doesn't, yeah, apparently you can loot for days because it doesn't matter. Most of that stuff will keep reappearing because the weirdness of the zone itself yeah. uh, and the general instability of the whole thing. And the people who it belongs to either aren't here anymore or aren't here yet because of the weird fucked up way time can work. So just don't worry about all the looting that you're doing. Um, like weird recycling things of just like, oh, you found a, a con, con, like a constructed thing. As long as you can fit it somewhere in, in your, um, storage space, <laughs> can you take it back and either recycle it into components or you actually like use it on your car or maybe just learn about that sort of thing as a result of having looked at it? There's uh, an almost, um, like the Metroid Prime scanner thing to understand mm -hmm. it. The, like the way you scan anomalies, like we we talked about the 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 abductors which sort of fly around and, and try and yeah. grab you. The the when you scan them, you're given almost like a, a report, and that could be a scientist reporting about some some their experience with this thing, or it could be uh, like a transcript of an audio log mm. of of someone having had an experience with this thing. It's it's very weird. Things like the the, the left right, which you talked about, the the blue spinning energy yeah. thing, which just dra tries to drag your car in a particular direction, honks the horn a bunch, turn the wipers on, turns the radio on, generally upsets the car, occasionally gives it quirks. Um, as opposed to things like I think the abductor, it just sort of generally talks about them. The Minutemen, it talks about people, uh, like vast jolts of energy. There's the the one about the ruptures that throw you up in the air and it's like uh, a eulogy about a guy who stepped on one and was fired 600 feet up in the air and the person's like i really wish that guy was heavier because maybe they wouldn't have been able to be flung quite so high and mm. it's just it's a weird little world presented in a series of weird ways and i am just fascinated by it and although it doesn't have a lot of the elements that make twin peaks twin peaks i can see why a lot of the early reviewers were going this does have a very Twin Peaks vibe. I get it, yeah. And not just because it's set in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I look forward to playing more of it. I feel like I've barely scratched the surface and there is so much more to do. At the moment, I am mostly just trying to get myself to a point where I can get acid-proof panelling for my car because the last time I tried to drive into the mid-zone to collect some marsh eggs, I think they're called, yeah. I drove into the middle of a, an acid rainstorm that was... Raining chunks of green shit down on me that just melted my car. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Oopsie. I guess I wasn't supposed to be here. Ah, it's fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, what, what, what else do you reckon we've both played a lot of this week? You said there was another one we played I a lot of. I feel like maybe we've still played a decent amount of Deep Rock Survivor, or have you I'm, already fallen off that? I mean, I've played a decent amount of it, less of it than you, because it. It's it's been the other work stuff has started arriving. Uh, it's like I'm gonna dip in and out of that for like months over the next couple of years. Like I'm constantly gonna be doing it, but less intensely because work deadlines. Yeah, yeah. How how are you continuing to find it? Still enjoying it. Still enjoying it. I've got through like hazard level one and two of uh, all three stages at this point. 
Uh, I've done Hazard level one on all the stages and two on, I think, two of the stages. And I've got all three of the uh, unlocks from each of those so far. No. And I've started on the um, the level three Hazards. Uh, I think I've got, like, f- two in the first stage and two in the second stage, but Ooh. Hollow Bow is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, enjoying it so far, still unlocking things, still getting to a point of... of uh, getting like the best version of every wa- weapon and un- unlocking yeah. uh, overclocks for all of the weapons. I've now got the the shard diffractor for the engineer, uh, mm. which is a fascinating thing. It like puts down a pivot point, and then you can sort of spin around it, and it fires as a straight beam that will like bounce off walls, and it pivots specifically on that mm. uh, single position. It's, it's still fascinating, like the number of very unique. Uh, like weapons in this game compared to a lot of other vampire derivers and I am still really enjoying it and I'm appreciating that like I think there's already been like five patches for it be they balance uh, issues with the UI uh, there's, there's there's a lot of things that have been like constantly faffed around with mm-hmm. and uh, yeah uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm playing on Steam Deck which is probably easier to make sure everything works on by virtue of we know what hardware you've got so <laughs> it's not going to be an issue but uh yeah i've i've not had some of the bigger problems like i've heard people saying that their their progress has been wiped no. but they are working very hard for that for that to be cleared and I've that seems had to be okay zero issues myself it's I think, it's been great yeah um yeah i'm i'm enjoying it also i think the other reason that i've been playing it more than uh, pacific drive than you is that you've been playing Pacific Drive on PlayStation via the PlayStation Portal. Yeah. And my downtime on the couch game, because uh, it, it does not run on the Steam Deck. Yeah. yeah. I, I installed it once and it went, no, please. Uh, so <laughs> I, I immediately I picked it up on PlayStation because somewhere I thought that was the, the platform it was coming to. And then um, I realised, I was like, oh, I could have just got it on PC because I <laughs> could have been playing it on the Lenovo. But Ah, yes. It's, it's not a great game to, to play over a streamed internet connection because rain, Ooh. fog effects. Uh, like, it's Things got that a, just appear out of nowhere. Uh, uh, um, radioactive static. Are things that video encoding, like video streaming yeah. codecs, don't enjoy. <laughs> no, my bitrate. No. Yeah, it's Pacific Drive has been like I'm. I've been prioritizing Pacific Drive because I know if I don't play through it like soon, I'm not. Go- I'm. I'm not going to be able to. I'm gonna uh, have to put it down for something else. And it's like I can come back to uh to Deep to Deep Rock Survivors. Literally any time. It's not like I'm going to forget plot or anything. Mm. Uh, Pacific Drive feels there is like a story, more. Of, yeah. it's, it feels like more of a priority. And also, there's so many mechanics going on. If I walk away from it and come back to it, I'm going <laughs> to forget. How does this work? I'm going to forget what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What well, about you? You played anything else? That's this week? it. That's that's been my two big ones. Well, I've played a little bit of a bunch of other things, so I'm going to quickly talk about some other shit that I've been trying. Um. I started playing Penny's Big Breakout, Ooh. which is a 3D mascot platformer by the people who made Sonic Mania. Okay. Uh, they basically made the best classic Sonic game in years. And <laughs> no, no, were they going to make Se- the best? Sega weren't nice to them, so they were like, fuck it, we're going to go do our own really? thing. Uh, yeah, apparently they had a bad time with Sega, working with Sega. Uh, so they went off to make their own thing, which is you play as Penny... Uh, you have a yo-yo that you can use to swing to attack at enemies, to sort of like grapple in midair, to you can sort of stand on top of it and use it like a vehicle. Um, 
And it is a neat tool for traversal. Um, it's one of those games where I'm like, I'm not the person who's going to make this game look as good as it can. I love watching other people play this because it, if you are good at it, you can move so fluidly through these stages, like, absolutely zoom through them. Mm. Um, the game has a sort of inverse of the rings mechanic from Sonic, where instead of, like, collect rings and if you if the enemies get you, you drop them and you've got to pick them back up again, which sort of inherently requires you to slow down and collect things and disincentivize has got to go fast. Mm. This instead, uh, the plot, very quickly, is you were trying to take part in a talent show, your yo-yo became sentient and ate the king's clothes, now you're going to get arrested for embarrassing the king. Uh-huh. Uh, the king's guards are all little penguins, oh. and at any time that you happen to see penguins, they will try and grab onto you, and you can, like, you know... Uh, you can shake them off by doing attacks or dashes or uh, like double jumps. The things you would be doing to navigate the level anyway, shake penguins off you. If there's ever ten penguin guards holding onto you at once, you've been captured. Oh, no. um, but again, it, it doesn't force you to sort of stop uh, to, to sort yourself out. It's like, cool, I'm aware there's a bunch of things on me. I'm going to like spin attack while I'm running and do a jump and a dash and just like... It lets you keep moving even when the penalty condition is trying to get you. Mm. Um, and that's really neat. Um, there's a lot of good music. There's a lot of fun, colourful design. For a team that hasn't put out like a big 3D uh, platformer like this before, they've done a really good job of making something that feels distinct and memorable, and it's well worth checking out. Yeah. Um, I also played a good chunk of Pocket Card Jockey Ride On, Yes, I saw this in the Nintendo Direct. It looked fascinating. Yeah, so th- uh, this was previously a 3DS game, then an Apple Arcade game, and now it's on Switch. And the the gist is, you really want to be a jockey, but you're shit at riding horses. Right. You're given one chance to ride a horse, and it kicks you, it bucks you off of it, and then you get trampled to death by a bunch of horses. Oh. Uh, an angel meets you at the pearly gates and goes... Nah, I'm feeling generous. Have another chance of life. But you've got to achieve your dream. Uh, well, my dream is horse riding, but I'm shit at it. Well, is there anything you're good at? I'm good at playing solitaire. Okay, cool. I'm going to let you have one more chance at life. And make, it, and make it so that if you are if you play solitaire good, the horse will run good. <laughs> and if And you've got one more chance. If you don't become a successful jockey before your death, you will go to hell and be there forever. Do okay. you accept? Okay, uh, now you play solitaire to horse race. Good, like Klondike, uh, as in like uh, solitaire on the on the Microsoft PC with the the flippy card. Yeah, here's then... a bunch of here's a bunch of cards. Uh, so it, it you've got a bunch of stacks of cards of varying you know uh, suits and numbers and things. Yeah, uh, and the way that it works is down the bottom of the screen you have one card, and uh, let's say you've got a a seven down the bottom of the screen. You could find a 6 or a 8, uh, so either the number lower or higher, that is available on one of the, that's at the front of one of those stacks. Yeah. And you can take it and put it down the bottom. Is that hot? Uh, I guess. I can't remember. Um, you don't have to, at least as far in as I am, you don't actually have to worry about the suits. Right. But it's basically, you are trying to, on a time limit, because the quicker you do it, the more point, uh, the more horsepower you get, mm. um, try and, Go, this number's at the bottom, find one that I can reach that isn't buried on the stack up top, take that, try and combo them off. Um, if you get completely stuck, you can turn over a fresh card so you've got something new to be matching with. Yeah. But you only have 
a limited number of times you can do that in one particular solitaire. Mm. Um, and you're ideally trying to complete the whole solitaire, like, 100% uh, to get your best sort of bonus. Mm. Uh, in between each of these games of solitaire, because there's, like, three or four in a horse race, you can sort of reposition yourself on the track, and that will determine things like uh, how difficult of a solitaire are you about to do. Uh, you can like select an easier one that will be easier to complete and therefore get the big bonus, the big completion bonus, mm-hmm. uh, but sort of reduce the total amount of speed you could get for completing it. Uh, you can sort of position yourself left or right to try and uh, get cards that can activate bonuses. But being further out to the outside of the track will mean you have to run faster, and that will use up your horse's stamina faster. Uh huh. And then it ends in a real time d- duck and weave through the other horses to try and get to the front of the pack. Okay. Little mini game. Huh. And every horse has like a three, four year career of you winning races, and depending on how you do in them, you go to different tournaments. And, and then they get to big cake, and they and have a lovely. They time. get to go live. On, they live on a farm where you can you can have them make children and then you can raise their children to horse race uh-huh. uh and they continue to be on the farm you can go see them later it's okay. not one it's not they've gone to live on a farm no you can't they've see. not been turned into candies to raise the future horses no they live on a farm and you can go see them they're actually <laughs> there at the farm yeah um but yeah it is a weirdly addictive look do you want an excuse to do solitaire and horse cute chibi horse go fast He's um, an adorable-looking horse. The the dialogue is really funny. I very much enjoyed the characterization. It's weirdly addictive. I can see how this game did really well on phones. Um, if it wasn't Apple Arcade exclusive on phones, if I could just get this on Android, I would one hundred percent have this on my phone for like playing around with in like on a on a journey because it's. I'm sure someone would do an Android ripoff. Yeah, it's it's short bursts of silly little do the one gameplay thing and make horse go good. Uh. Weirdly engaging little game, that. Yeah. Um, I started playing a, a Survivors-style game on Switch that I saw that was like £2. Okay. It's called Geometry Survivor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of aesthetically... Geometry Wars? I, it kind of... That, that's clearly what they're trying to go for. It's neon outlines of spaceships from a top-down perspective. Okay. Uh, so, like... So very geometry. Wasn't yeah, it? neon glowing astro- uh, like asteroid looking setup with big fancy particle effects. It doesn't. There's nothing bad about the game. Like it, it's a perfectly functional, functional survivors game. It has zero personality. Oh no! It has zero. You know, there's nothing about it that makes me go. This is the unique flavor of this. Right. It has an aesthetic that is solidly done. And that, like, oh yeah, I could look at this and go, I know which one this is from looking at it. But there's no soul to it that where I'm like, I want to keep playing this for something I actually feel. There's nothing about it that feels... There's no ca- there's no characters. There's no world that, that I'm feeling connected to. There's none of the things that I need... There's none of the things that would make this recommendable in a in a crowded genre. Mm. The best I can say for it is I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I don't have anything good to say about it either. It just kind of is. Um, so there's that. Um, I think the last one I'll quickly talk about is there is a demo right now on Switch for a game called Pepper Grinder. Uh, oh yeah, I keep seeing this. This is the pulled along by a, a mining drill thing, right? Yeah, so it is a 
side-scrolling pixel art game very much feels in the vein of something like Celeste. Very difficult platforming, but there's very generous checkpointing, that kind of setup. Mm. You have a drill, and you can drill through through the rock, and you can sort of dash as you're coming out of the, the rock to sort of soar through the air, and you're trying to just sort of Momentum and yeah, swim like a, a dolphin. Yeah, swim like a dolphin through through the rock, leaping through the air uh, on your little journey. I it looks great in trailers. It feels so much better to play. Yeah, I if if you look at those trailers and go, this looks cool. Try the demo. Like the the demo is what made it click for me that like it, the feel was correct in a way that was reassuring. Um, it's a demo. There's not a huge amount to say other than. It reminded me of Celeste's way of handling challenge in the right kind of ways. Um, what about you? You played anything else this week? No, that's it for me. Well then, time for this. Hey, good to hear from you. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, oh, I've got to tell you. So, the UK this week has been hit by pockets of unreality. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's the been the weirdest week. Like, one one went off and just turned Buckingham Palace into a giant bouncy castle. It's been hilarious. Oh, okay. They really don't know what to do about that. Okay. Half the transphobes in the country turned into disposable barbecues, and the others are loudly saying trans women aren't the issue and are instead protesting for stronger rights of bodily autonomy uh, for everyone. That is bizarre. Pretty unreal, right? Yeah. Most of the cars have stopped drinking petrol. If you try and put like a petrol like hose yeah. near them, they'll just be like, mm, like you know, like a like a toddler with a, eat yeah. the, the vegetable. No, 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 yeah, they only want McDonald's. Anything specific from McDonald's, like a like a like a cheeseburger or something? No, no, they want to eat the buildings. Oh, yeah, don't don't know what that's about. They the I guess they would eat what was inside it eventually. But like a couple of bricks off the a nibble on the drive-through, oh. the menu board, anything. That'll keep your car going for, you know, like 130 miles. Huh. Any, anything else? Uh, Rishi Sunak's grown a conscience and is openly sobbing in Parliament while forcing through much-needed electoral reform and personally offering to pay for more council housing and making amends for anyone affected by the DWP's awful treatment of disability claimants. Huh. Anything happened to you? Oh, Yeah. You know that robot arm tattoo I've got? Uh-huh. And you know it's got, like, all those cool, like, panel designs on it? Yeah. Yeah, some of them slide back and now I've got, like, a like an extendable rope thing and I can do, like, a one-armed Sp- Spider-Man thing. Oh! It's great if I miss the train. I can just ski along behind it. Or, or go like a kite. If I, if, I, <laughs> if I let it out a little bit, I can go like a kite. Hopefully the train doesn't slow down too suddenly. Or go under a bridge. Okay, guys, it's another new week, and I think uh, I think we all know why we're here. Today's meeting, we are looking to get the first new superhero of the new year out, and uh, we're thinking we want to go diversity as much as possible. So I'm thinking we'll start with a disability and work from there. Right, right. Uh, so our new superhero, I'm thinking maybe they're a wheelchair user, right? Um, um... Uh, sorry to chime in this early in the meeting. Right, but, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you? Uh, sorry, we've had the. We've you're had a. Suits on, you're thinking uh, well, like different had, colours. We've, ha- we've had a conversation here before, and I just want to make sure it is fresh on your mind before right, we start right, this. Right, right. Which is if you're going to design a disabled superhero, 
can we please make sure that they their disability doesn't just sort of vanish with magic or tech or superpowers or that sort of thing? Ooh, I'm not sure what you mean now. Uh, what I mean is every time you make a disabled superhero... Well, like, we, we had that, that, uh, that, the blind, uh... Yeah, but... but librarian. Could, yeah, but they could hear so well that they could just, you know, functionally, it didn't even matter that they were blind. Well, you see, that's, uh, that's echolocation, right? It's a bit like what bats do, and, and, you know, some people can do, like, a, like a clicking thing with their mouth. I saw that on YouTube, and they can, like, tell a lot of things about what's around well, them, so you see? Yeah, yes, but what I mean is, you know, it seems like, as a matter of principle, you find a way to undo disability to sort of undo the point of making a disabled hero. Right. So, so, wheelchair using superhero... But you're not going to just undo the fact they're a wheelchair using superhero, are you? No, not at all. What is going to happen is they're going to meet up with our, our main, uh, you know, the, the money guy. They're like the the, um, the 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 wealthy billionaire who's become like a vigilante. That guy. Right. He's going to build them a special, uh, like nanotechnology no, exoskeleton. No, no, that's no exosuit. So they won't need a wheelchair exos- at all. No They'll exosuit. be able to super powerful no exo- and, no exosuit. and be- right. Right. No, no to the that, that's, that's the thing you've said, is it? Yes, oh. yes, yes. That's taking their disability and instantly putting well, instantly. that... instantly. It'll probably be in, like, the second issue or something. Or maybe uh, okay. the end of the first y- issue. Yes, you see my point, though. That is or the, the end th- of issue that is zero. The th- that is the thing. You're doing the thing. Right, okay. Well, what if, then, instead of uh, an exoskeleton, what if they develop, like, uh, telekinesis and they can, like, uh, lift themselves up off the ground? Like, you know, like, they can lift objects and they realise one of the objects they can lift is them and then they can move themselves around. uh, But it's it's not not getting rid of the... the, They're still disabled, but they can move their legs using the power of their minds. There's a lot to think about. No, because what you've done is you functionally made it so that they don't have a disability and that their disability has no impact on the story and therefore might as well not have made a disabled superhero. Yeah, but we, we want the diversity money and we want the head pats because I like it when we get the head pats for having a, a, a minority character. No, because uh, well, you can't have the head pats for doing a minority character unless they actually are in some way representative of the group you're supposed to, supposedly trying to represent. Oh, have a wheelchair. We've, we've well, one that, that they right will never, one that they will never use because oh, it'll be I, you know, like the start of episodes and things, let, and let, maybe let, we eventually we'll have to do the thing where they lose their power a little bit for a while. Let me let me guess, let me guess. Uh, uh, what else have you got on that board? Are they gonna have ghosts of their ancestors haunt their limbs and help them walk or some shit like that? Um, no. I see you wiping something no, off over there. No, 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 no. See, there was nothing behind that that last panel. That was. Just a free space. That's where we're going to have the brainstorming session. That's not where oh. anything was written about the spirits of the ancestors. I, I thought the spirits of the ancestors was very, very cool. Uh, what if they're a black character with lightning powers? Oh, don't even get me started. So, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, not a lot of things this week. Um, I what have I, what have I put in my eyes? I watched a film this week. Ooh. It's called Wicked Little Letters. Oh, this is the one about the saucy letters being sent around a small English village. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, so there's there's a small English village in the I think it's just post World War One, sort of 1920s ish uh, Britain, and people start getting. 
very rude letters. Sort of, uh, Mrs. So-and-so grows cucumbers in her back garden, and I bet you know where she's shoving them. Ooh. In a salad. Uh, up herself, I think, is the implication. Uh, how did she get a cucumber up her nose? I mean, I, that's... They're, they're fairly explicit about where she's going to shove it, and it's not her nose. Um, yes, but particularly one woman has been receiving these these letters, and uh, she lives with her father, and her father's like, we need to put a stop to this, and and we're all pretty certain who did it. It's probably the local, the local, the local rapscallion here who is quite rude to people sometimes, and also happens to have moved over here from Ireland. Uh, a woman who speaks her mind and came here uh, with a child but no husband from Ireland. Mm. Ooh, scandalous! In the 1920s, indeed. Mm. Um, and and this woman is like. Why would I write you letters? I'd just say it to your fucking face. Right. Uh, I have no need to do stupid letters. Uh, but regardless, she's locked up for having written these scandalous letters that Ugh. start, you know, being sent to more and more people around the town. Based and, on what evidence? Uh, based on the 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 evidence of she's quite she she does talk like that. The the letters are using very uncouth language, <gasps> and that lady does use very uncouth language. And mm-hmm. you know, she's she's not. She's not like a polite church-going married woman, so it's mm. probably her. Mm. Um, and it is a film about trying to solve the mystery of where these letters are actually coming from and what the motivation for them having been sent was. Uh, and specifically, it is a film about a lot of women um, wrestling with the expectations of um, specifically being post-World War One. Women in Britain having just come off the back of being expected to fill in a lot of job roles while men were away at war, mm. and then the men have come back and gone, actually, no, you don't get to do that anymore. Now that we're back from war, you've got to go back in your little box. Yeah. And it's right at the time when like the suffragette movement is starting in the UK, and like there there is this movement in the UK of, wait... We were perfectly fine to be, you know, this, that, Wearing and the trousers, other. working in factories, building the things that kept yeah, you alive. Yeah, exactly. But now now that you're back, you want to say that we're not capable of doing those things. Back into the kitchen with you. Exactly. And the ways that various women deal with the emotions they have about the controlling men in their lives. And the, you know, the women choosing to buck the, those trends. Mm. Um, Without spoiling too much... What I think this film did very well is a very, very effective um, uh, handling of its villain. In that I was certain I knew where this film was going. Mm. To the point that I was going to be quite critical of, of it being, you know, a little too obvious where it was going. Yeah. And that wasn't where it was going, and they subverted me very well. And, <laughs> um, again, without getting into spoilers... um. I think they do some very interesting commentary on who you expect to have what motivations and why. Mm. And despite the different time and pl- uh, time and setting, I think there is a lot about modern uh, modern feminism, but very specifically, like people who call themselves feminists today, but are not necessarily particularly uh, not you actually know, doing anything for for the for, for of... uh, the, the betterment of women as a whole. Yeah. Uh, that is pretty applicable to some of the ways this film uh, examines things. The kind of people who scream at trans women but turn a blind eye when abortion rights are being under attack. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is. it was a good, fun, enjoyable film, 
and it was quite fun to be in the cinema and see quite an older crowd who'd come to see it, who'd been like, well, they sort of uh, keep the rude words out of the trailers. I'm sure they'll probably do the same in the film. And <laughs> get to hear ga- gasps and giggles every time a rude word was, uh, a rude letter was very un <laughs> uncensoredly read out. <laughs> it was it was an enjoyable room of cinema goers to be in. <laughs> um yeah, Wicked Little Letters was an enjoyable time. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you put anything in your eyes this week? Not really been a huge amount of, of that. We, we, you were away, um, uh, on, on Saturday, and I spent Saturday playing Pacific Drive. <laughs> yeah. And then Sunday we played board games with friends, which were the same board games we talked about last week, so, um, didn't really feel the need to mention them again. Uh, so. Yeah, it's not been a very heavily watched thing. Like we've watched a um, new episode of Game Changer. Game Changer, yeah, which was uh, like a, a couple's yeah. "How much do you know about your partner?" type thing. Yeah, uh, which was very telling of both the kind of people who work on that show and, and <laughs> the shows on that network, and uh, the partners who know them very well. Yeah, also some amazing uh, selfies <laughs> you yes. used for uh, everyone's little uh, caption yeah. image there. Um, a fascinating look into other people who also have like somewhere in the region of several thousand unread messages because <laughs> the spam is unstoppable. It is. And takes forever to fucking delete and I just don't have the time it would take to get my inbox under control. <laughs> um, as and, and other people who like I ju- I'm just in awe of anyone who's like no there's nothing in my inbox not a thing. <laughs> it's like well, I will. Once every couple of years, I'll I'll inbox zero, but it's rare. <sighs> I don't. I I couldn't. Uh, inbox zero for me is I've just got a new email address <laughs> to add to the collection. Uh, well, I watched. I put, I put a couple of things in my eyes. I can yes. I can talk about. Um, yes. uh, I'll very quickly recommend an interesting YouTube video I was watching today called "How Law and Order Distorts Your Rights" on the YouTube channel Skip Intro. So this is about the TV show Law and Order. Dun, dun. Um, and it wasn't what I expected, because I expected this was going to be just talking about the, the general idea of, like, copaganda and pro-cop shows, mm. which, uh, as the video acknowledges, like, hey, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver has done a very good episode on that already. Yeah. Uh, this is specifically about, like, the ways that Americans' uh, beliefs about the legal system have been shaped and reinforced by the show Law and Order, and specifically focusing on, like, the main just-called-Law-and-Order show, and the way that it presents things like, um, uh, the, the frequency, uh, the rarity with which it shows a person, uh, brought in by the police who was not guilty, mm. uh, and sort of sets up the expectation that guilt is a presupposition, uh, the ways that it sort of treats, uh, treats your rights as a plaintiff as something you shouldn't need to make use of if you're a good law-abiding person, mm. uh, the way it focuses almost exclusively on the prosecution as the heroes of the story and defense attorneys for the accused as being at best an obstacle to, you know, putting that criminal behind bars. Mm. And just like the way that you would imagine the legal system if your primary way of finding out about it is law and order. Right. Very interesting video. Um, also digs into the history of the term law and order and where it came from. Surprise, it's a Nixon-era term that was a racist dog whistle. Uh, oh, I'm so surprised. Ni- Nixon and racism comes up in the origins oh. of a kind of racist term uh, to do with policing. Uh, but it's 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 a good video. I would recommend giving it a watch. Um, 
I also want to talk about an art exhibit I went to this past weekend. This sounded like quite the thing. I went to an exhibit called Cute at Somerset House in London. And, oh, how do I even explain this? On the surface, it was a very good art exhibition that, uh, you know, journeyed from... Here are the earliest cat uh, uh, cat memes from the uh, from the eighteen hundreds, where someone has sort of scrawled onto a photograph of their cats in their own handwriting, little amusing captions. So we have been doing it forever. We have uh, through to like here is a sort of Hello Kitty room, through to here's some more sort of avant garde abstract uh, art that's taking on cuteness in terms of like its proximity to uh, to uncomfortable topics as a soft a softening. Uh, tool, or it's exp- uh, how it's experienced in interactive art, and a very interesting overall exhibit on the various forms of cuteness with some some quite thought provoking and interesting art pieces. However, <laughs> um, it feels like, and I cannot prove this, it feels like this exhibit was curated specifically by a man who does not think much of cuteness as like. A positive as a thing that people might find value in seems quite cynical. O- honestly, seems like he's afraid that cuteness is a secret Trojan horse by which uh, by which society is going to be destroyed. Uh, but also has so little respect for cuteness that he d- wouldn't even commission an artist directly for key show art. And I'll start there. Mm. The uh, the key seven-legged cat. Uh, the piece of key art for the for the art exhibit is a piece of AI art. It's a cat with seven legs, and it's not deliberately for a style reason because as you're walking into the exhibit, there's a hallway of fucking neon AI art cat images, and it's not a deliberate choice because some of them have the right numbers of legs and things, but some of them like the tail is disconnected from the body. There was one that I think had nine legs was was maybe yeah. the most I saw. And like I went to read the plaque to be like, are you making a commentary on something? No. You just didn't give a shit. <laughs> um it's, and- it's kind of funny because like when you were like talking about this, you were like, Oh yeah, I'm going to uh an exhibit with some friends. I think it's basically about Hello Kitty. I was like, I love Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty's great. And talked about some Hello Kitty facts. And then you came back and were like, I have to tell you about all the AI cats. Yeah, I was like, no, I I misunderstood some of what was occurring. Yeah, the Hello Kitty bit had like a disco room and on the wall it was explaining like the music choices that were being made. Mm. And you get like halfway through this explanation of the choices of music and the curator starts going on about like, Oh, the sweet saccharine faux, uh, faux, uh, vulnerability of the, this ultra saccharine music that is designed to, uh, sell corporate, uh, corporate mass produced art to you, uh, under the guise of it being harmless because it sounds cute and cuteness is, uh, a virus through which, um, uh, mass produced music factories are able to sell you music that has no substance. And I'm like, sir, this is the Hello Kitty disco. You don't have to go down like, it could just be a fun, sparkly Hello Kitty disco room, sir. This sounds like it was written by the kind of man who doesn't masturbate because he's worried about losing his energy. Uh, it's... Because, like, half the time he, he could rein it in. And, like, a lot of the <laughs> art pieces were very genuinely fascinating. Um, but just every now and then, I would be walking with this group of friends, and we'd start reading about a piece of art, and one of us would see a word and go... He's at it again. He's at it again. You, you'd, you'd start reading something and it would be like, 
Ah, yes, the, uh, fo- uh, the, the way that, uh, cuteness is being used to sneak in the neoliberalism. And I'm like, ah, oh, no. sh- oh, fuck, neoliberalism <laughs> oh, in my cuteness. But then you turn a corner and they'd just be like, we made a room to look like a girly sleepover, but like very unapologetically because that's a beautiful thing that shouldn't be uh, judged. You could tell when he hadn't written some of the, some of the things. Because he, like, there was- I feel like he should have been kept as far away from this as possible. It's very clear that, like, there was, there was an upstairs section where it was very clear someone else had been in charge of that corridor. And then you go back downstairs. He doesn't climb stairs, they're emasculating. Yeah, you go back upstairs and it's like, oh, oh, oh I knew it. He's I, back on his bullshit. He's back on his bullshit. He's, he's, he's back on his cuteness will be the end of all reality bullshit. Did Andrew take like this? <laughs> the final piece is like this attempt at critiquing like, Cons- cuteness's role in, in consumerism. <laughs> it's right next to the fucking gift shop. There's no <laughs> irony recognised in that. Just fucking put a plaque next to the gift shop. You could have saved yourself work. Like, yeah. that would have been, like, an acknowledgement of art. Uh, I had a genuinely great time at this exhibit, but it if, if, you, if you go see it, uh, f- have fun playing when does this man start telling you he hates cuteness. And doesn't see it as a real form of art. It's funny, because I thought it was a bit weird that I hadn't heard anything about this, and then I realised I had been fed this a decent amount on, like, Facebook and stuff, but I'd ignored it because the key art for it was an AI cat covered yeah, in rainbows I with too many legs. I hadn't realised that, that the, the two things were connected until I got there, because friends invited me. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go hang out with one of my friends. <laughs> um, yes, there was some, there's some wonderful art, but occasionally just a thread of this man does not think cuteness deserves to be art. Uh, Hence but, he's stolen a bunch of cute art. And but re- but has been commissioned to make an art, art gallery. Is like, oh, fine, fine. <laughs> it, it, it was genuinely fascinating. Uh, but I think that's it for me, really, for things I've looked at. Uh, uh, the only thing I can really mention is we watched uh, the new Strange Eons video called The Portland Polycule from Hell, uh-huh. which was... Probably bullshit, but Probably. also just a, a fascinating half-hour read of a series of threads about a, pol- a ten-person rotating polycule from Portland, where <laughs> the, the, someone was basically very unhappy about someone else having a job, seemingly, and occasionally eating takeout instead of paying for other people to have five thousand, spending two hundred dollars a month on beads. <laughs> <laughs> There's beads in the budget and they're important. I, I think the point where it broke for me where I was like, this has to not be real, was the, my hair is currently this colour because I'm in this colour of bedroom this That's where this I'm month. sleeping. This but month. we also r- regularly rotate. Yeah, yeah. Like at a certain point it became unbelievable, but it was an in- <laughs> it was it was an amusing journey. I mean, yeah, I you're bullshitting to the internet for what reason I cannot imagine, but also Dopamine. You, you sure have written some compellingly fucked up uh, interactive fiction, I guess. I, I, much as as was said in the video, I suspect there was a grain of truth that was played upon. <laughs> you know, as the much of the best fiction is, I will start with a kernel of truth and just spiral it. <laughs> uh. it, it Tumblr is a strange place, and I'm always fascinated to hear about it. As long as there isn't a car made of explosions that's also covered in hammers, and then the the hammers also explode, <gasps> which is a credible death threat. It's a credible death threat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's everything I watched then. Well then, time for this.
Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes need to escalate things a little bit more because, you know, you've not... You're not the kind of person to go, I want to speak to the manager, right? But sometimes you have certain rights and or needs. Sometimes you need to assert yourself in a way that is, you know, you're not you're not just throwing a strop, you genuinely need to see things change. Exactly. Like you say your boss has been treating you very poorly for a long time, expecting too much from you, and suddenly they've tried to throw extra work at you or something. Yeah. You could just be like, No, that's not in my contract, I'm not doing that and if you try and fire me, I I will be considering that constructive dismissal. Because I'm not willing to put up with this bullshit. Or say you've had a landlord who's not been willing to fix a problem with the property you've been paying for every month for over a year. And, you know, eventually you're like, you know what, I'm going to report this to the environmental health because I'm not safe. Not that, you know, that example comes from anywhere specific. That's where this week's sponsor comes in. (gasps) Try Threatenol. Threatenol? Yeah. It's... I cannot read any of the ingredients here, but it's a medication that basically gives you the confidence uh, that you need to threaten escalation in order to get your your, your rights observed. Uh. And it's definitely not just cocaine. I, I mean, if it was, that would explain the sudden boosting confidence. Yes, and the quick die-off time. And the uh, instruction Sniffing. to... Uh, the, the dosage is by line. Yes. That's not a that... very precise dosage. No. Well, no. Uh, here goes. <sniffs> yeah, I'm ready to take on the world. Okay. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we make big budget games, right? The biggest. The biggest, right. Well, that's, you know, that's what I've always said. You know, we make those big AAA games. But one of our competitors this week called their game Quadruple-A. Right. So could we be Quintuple-A? Well, I mean, look, that's the obvious place to go. Because I I looked into this. Their game isn't anything different from ours. They just decided to say it was Quadruple-A. They didn't, like, make it better or anything. Right, right. Or spare more money on it. Right. So it seems pretty meaningless. Like, at at the very least, we could say we're Quintuple-A. But, uh... Or maybe we could be, like, triple A star. Well, see, I'm wondering if we, you know, use those uh, video game rating systems where you go to, like, S rank. Can right, we, yeah. Can we be the triple first... Triple S rank. Yeah, can we be the first quadruple S rank game? Yes. Yes, we can. I I, I don't know if there's any better Supremacy way we Supremacy can... Software. We're already two of the S's. Oh, Here like is a that. third S. We are now the triple S. Yeah. And who else is going to have that? Uh, we are uh, super- not skeevy soft. They can't exactly. Do that. We're making superb supremacy software games. Triple S rated. Triple S, triple S right there. Right there. You are fucking genius. I'm a triple S fucking genius. Yeah, and yeah. so are you. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? I've really not put much in my ears this week. No. It's been it's been a big work no. week. I've not had a lot of time to put new stuff in my no. head that is wor- words and sounds. I couldn't name anything off the Pacific Drive soundtrack, but I feel like I've listened to that quite a lot. Yeah, it's got a good soundtrack. It's got a good soundtrack. There's a lot You're of good music that. in there. You can put it on streamer mode, but like the soundtrack's good. Yeah, I put it on streamer lo- mode while I was streaming it the other day. Did you notice much of a difference? Uh, yeah, there's definitely different tracks that seem to be coming out. Um... 
but yeah, I'm 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 enjoying listening to that. I've listened to a couple of Someone Dies in This Elevator episodes, because um, apparently I just hadn't listened to a bunch of those in a while. And yeah. Some of the, um, I think they're generally like between seasons things, and they tend to be like seven to ten minutes short stories, largely written by Tal Manir, who is um, the main creator on that show. And also performed by, but um, yeah, in, interesting little stories. I wouldn't necessarily call them horror. Weird fiction, speculative fiction, where at the end, someone dies in an elevator. That, for whatever that, that reason. does happen. Be that because there was something terrible in, in the elevator. I can't remember if I talked about this previously, but there was um, an episode where all of the elevators had like artificial intelligence, proper artificial official intelligence not the stuff they have now they all believed that they were like roman senators and it ended with them all all the other elevators taking what, julius caesar elevators G- julius caesar vater oh. to the bottom floor and repeatedly like crashing into him or something <laughs> it was it was a weird story um, and that was i think the last one i listened to from the main series but there was another one that uh, recently i listened to that was uh, a very nervous queer person, like reading the 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 their proposal of "I love you" and "I think you're the best" and "I wish you felt better about yourself than you do," because you deserve to feel the best about all the things, and I think you're great, and maybe we could get together, maybe we can do it. <laughs> and then got in the elevator, m- monster breath breath mint. The elevator jud- judded. They choked on their breath mint to death. Oh no! So, oh no! Someone did die in this elevator, and it was about to. No, you killed ah. the gay. Stop it! No. Oh, no. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fascinating concept for a series. Didn't you say you bumped into an RPG of someone dies in this elevator recently? Ah, uh, I I bumped into a a one page RPG sharing that name. I don't know if it is made by the same people. I don't know if it is, but it, it certainly the, seemed to have like most of the the first. I, season. Yeah, I was reading stuff off of it, and you were like, "Yeah, that's that's episodes I've heard." <laughs> so I, there definitely seems to be a someone dies in this elevator RPG that you can do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the only other thing I've I've been listening is all the things I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a lot of LS Dream, uh, the uh, high vibration. Uh, LS Dream, I can't remember who it's collab with, but you'll find it under LS Dream of um, Peace, Love and Wubs, which is, I guess, Glitch Hop, but with very, very wubby. Um, and uh, Oxygen by the Prototypes. I'm trying to remember what else I talked about last week. But basically, I'm, I'm just bedding in the new tracks that I've added in and listening to them on repeat a lot. So uh, not added any new ones yet, but uh, I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Um, well then, time for this. Meow, meow, meow. I've been defeated again. Mummy would not let me have a chip. Meow. She said it's human food. She said it's human food, it's not for baby. Meow. And I'm like, I am baby. Meow. And baby should get what baby wants because I am soft and small. And meow. Meow. I've been working on a plan. Meow. If, if we can't have human food because it's mm. human food. We eat the box that all the dreamies are kept in. No, it's not made of food, though. No, it's scratch, scratch proof. I couldn't I, get any. I, I, as I understand, mm. if you use a word enough, it just becomes the word for a thing. Oh. So, um, we start calling humi food mm. calf food. Oh. 
And if enough of us do it, mm-hmm. it then that means it's food for cats. If it's called cat food, that's how that works. Yeah, one can argue yeah. with the word. We just we we take our food and we go. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's human food. That's no. human food. That's human it? food. Yeah, you eat for the, humans. Mm, you eat the ninety percent ash meat. Mm. Mm. This is cat food up mm. here on the table. I get a chippin. Mm. Nom, 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 nom. I, I like. Lick. Okay. I don't like the chippin. I lick the chippin. I like the chip and I, 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 I chewed the chip and I chewed the chip and I chewed the chip and then I took the crunchy outside and the mealy interior and I swapped them around and I spread them on the floor. But the point is, I want I want the chip and I want I got the chip and it was not tasty. I might go back to eating the pickets because the pickets are made of tasties. But I don't know, mm. the other human food looks good though. Yeah, I mean, I will stay. How about that's <gasps> human food? Just cat cheese, food. Cheese is cat and food. And that's cat food and all of the food is cat food. And none of the food is for humans. And we get to try all of the food. I am an expert with the blade. My skills as a fighter are unsurpassed. I am a master of stealth. I can sneak undetected in and out of any facility. I am a necromancer. And I can... Hang on. Wait, sorry, you're a a what? I think the word necromancer was in there. Yeah, ne- necromancer, yeah. But there's yeah. another word I'm in there. Necromancer. Uh, what, what, what's that other word you're mumbling, huh? I'm a food necromancer. I- I'm sorry? You know when you accidentally, like, overcook food and it gets all burnt and stuff? Yeah. I can reanimate it to a point where it's still delicious and edible. Also, if it's gone past its sell-by date, I can bring that back too. Oh, forget about my abilities. That sounds fucking wild. Oh, so 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 I can be on the team then? Hell yeah, team caterer! I just found this giant black puck that I'm pretty sure used to be a pepperoni pizza. I hope you're correct. Let's find out together. Mmm, only a little uncanny. Do you know what I want to see more? What do you want to see more? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, pretty exhausted to be honest, mate. You, you doing all right? Oh, you know how it is. You know how it is. Uh, seeing the state of the world and all. Oh, yeah, it's exhausting, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, seeing a bunch more layoffs happening across all sorts of industries. Yeah, nine hundred more. I, I was reading just just earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, video games, but also like you know, entertainment, media, yeah. journalism. You know, all sorts of industries. Yeah, and you, you think there's yeah. anything to do with like the AI or or just well, the- you know, the whole they a lot of people were hired to work in creative fields during COVID because they well, thought this was gonna be an eternal growing market and I mean, that's not. I think I think that's the big one, is people sort of seeing uh, corporations seeing massive uh, spikes, a lot of you know, video game sales suddenly yeah. like a billion percent increase because no one's allowed to go outside, so they staff up uh, assuming that that's the future of the industry, and then it's settled back down when people can go outside and they're like, Oh, we just gotta let how, go now. How how uh, sure, I feel like people are paid vast amounts to, you know, forecast this sort of thing. How were they so short-sighted that they, they saw one pandemic and went, that, that's it forever now? Well, I think it was... Uh, and then demanded was, everyone be back in the office. I think it was optimism. I think it was, uh, if we keep producing, you know, if we sort of lean into it, maybe we can wish it into reality. Yeah. But, uh... These are, yeah, these are also people resisting the four-day week, and yeah. uh, you know. But the thing that's been annoying me particularly is seeing in a bunch of these cases, you know, uh, absolute record profits for some of these companies, yeah. uh, and then th- those companies still laying off a shit ton of people, even though they've had record profits. Yeah, and like you know, 
Call me old-fashioned, but I have the belief that if a company, you know, makes record profits, you know, profits full stop, but they make record profits off of the back of a workforce, they should not be allowed to turn around and lay off a bunch of that workforce that just made them record fucking profits. Yeah, especially not when, you know, all that money is being funneled straight up to the top and, you know, out via shareholders and so forth, rather than, you know, actually going to the people whose labour was being exploited. Yeah, if you if you are like you know, if if your work is is responsible for record breaking profits for a corporation, the least they should have to fucking do is give you some job stability and allow you to you know keep having a job at the place that you helped make record profits at that. Yeah, year. or you know if you if you have given a certain amount all out to uh, you know your, your directors and so forth, then perhaps you'd say they have to give. An amount of that back for all of the for every person they fire, so that you know maybe those people will be in a financial position where they can go off and form their own companies where they're not potentially going to be quite so badly exploited or, or indeed exploited at all. There's the dream. Uh, you know, maybe they will be there, like unionized, working together for better conditions because they all understand what it was like, and you know, working together in that sort of way. But you know, perhaps I am too much of a dreamer. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Fancy old mate. Oh yeah. <sighs> <sighs> good hug, mate. Good, good hug. hug. Alright, I think I'm going, yeah, have a bit of a lie down, to be honest. Oh, sounds wonderful. Nice. Hey, Laura. Yeah. You do stuff on the internet, and that stuff is good, and people want to see the stuff, and hear the stuff, and know about the stuff. Where can they find the stuff? You can find the stuff that I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills, uh, Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the, all the things. Um, you can check out Accessibility every Friday. There should be an episode about Pacific Drive uh, going up the week that we're recording this. Also, at some point soon, look forward to the Sujimon rap. A parody of the Poké rap, but about the Sujimon from Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth that may or may not have Jonathan off of Rove Rules uh, doing the vocals. I'm very proud of this stupid thing I have been editing today, and it'll soon be available for all of your listening pleasure. Oh, it's, it's quite a thing. thing. It's quite a thing. I, I, I've not sent, I've not shown you the full Jonathan singing start to finish. How no, I? not yet. Uh, I, I, I shall do so because that a rough version of that now exists, and it's quite a thing. Uh, but yeah, what about you? Where are you on the internet? Me? Well, I don't have the unified branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find all of the things that I've, I've put on t-shirts, uh, all the music I've made, things I've written, anything else that happens to be going on, all my streaming stuff. Uh, you can find all of that at uh, linktree uh, on my linktree slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. And I've also got a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify all of the sleepies. And that's pretty much it. So then, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.